Hey there, this is relationship coach Roy Biancolana, a recent guest on the very podcast that you are about to listen to. Well, get ready and buckle your seats because Aubrey is about to take you on the road to rediscovery with another great episode. Sit back and enjoy. Our lives are laid out on a road of bumps, turns, struggles, and more. How do we respond? How do we endure adversity for learning and growth? I'm Aubrey Johnson, and we'll explore these questions and more on The Roads Rediscovery. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Roads Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson, and I am so, so glad that you're here with me. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on life lessons to learn and grow from them, and of course, pay it forward and help uplift others who are struggling through dark times. Now, as you know, on The Road to Rediscovery, we are very, very passionate about delivering quality content that is of value to you and your personal growth. If you like what you hear, please feel free to visit roadsrediscovery.com slash donate. That's road, the number two, rediscovery.com slash donate. We'll give you a shout out in a future episode. And as always, there is no obligation. We are truly, truly grateful for your listenership. My special guest is an intermittent fasting expert, wellness coach, author, human movement specialist, and the host of the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. With over 15 years experience in health and wellness, his personal journey has transformed him into helping middle-aged men make intermittent fasting simple and manageable. He's also the creator of the Fat Burner Blueprint program. Get ready for a great conversation, and let's welcome Brian Grin to the show. Hey, Brian, it's so great to have you here, man. Welcome. Thanks, Aubrey. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. So um, let's uh, just start by giving the listeners a little bit of context, if you don't mind, um, by sharing a glimpse into your own journey early on and the inspiration behind what you do today. Gosh, okay. Well, I've been in health and wellness now close to 20 years. Mm -hmm. uh, started out in strength training and it sort of evolved over time. One, because I felt like uh, with clients, uh, a big missing piece of the puzzle was nutrition. Um, and so <clears throat> just started diving into education around that and learning about different tools that people could utilize to help get, to, you know, to help reach their goals. So, right. Um, I personally, my, my own story is I've, I've actually was lucky. I was exposed to health at an early age, mm -hmm. like in high school. And, and so have sort of led that lifestyle for a while now, obviously always tweaking as we go. I don't have some huge story where I lost like a hundred pounds, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> but, um, but it's just, it's been uh, just a huge influence on my life. It's something that I'm passionate about and I'm um, helping others and, yeah, recently now just focusing a lot on middle-aged males and helping them sort of get their get their bodies back or even their minds back to what it once was. And um, yeah, I'm just big, become passionate about not only helping individuals, but also just learning more about it myself through my podcast and things like that and you know, meeting people like yourself. So, Oh, wonderful, wonderful. And I can tell, I mean, when we chatted earlier a few weeks before, you know, um, this recording, and uh, and and just in in the few minutes that we've 
delved into this uh, conversation that you have a heart for service um, um, with, without a doubt. And, and, you know, I mean, there are some people who have these um, stories of, you know, insurmountable odds and uh, um, overcoming major, like you said, losing hundreds and hundreds of pounds. And, and then, you know, that sparked a, a motivation to, to help others. Um, but it sounds like the passion and heart for service has uh, been inherent with you, um, you know, um, for a long time, if, you know, I would think. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, uh, it's played such a positive role in my life, just helping um, tailor, you know, my health and wellness and, mm -hmm. and if i could just help other people do that everyone's obviously a little bit different but um you know if i could spread the word and, and help others lead a quality life i think that's it's, it's very obviously very very rewarding so. yeah yeah no for sure um and i agree very much so um a couple things i wanted to chat with you about here okay um first off i am very intrigued with intermittent fasting um i personally am because it's something I practice and, uh, you know, can go into that here in a little bit. But um, one thing that I'm really, really, really interested in um, your insights um, with, Brian, is you have a physical aspect and a mental aspect when it comes to having the discipline and the tenacity and the resolve um, of maintaining a consist a consistency and uh, and 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 actually a motivation behind you know um, eating clean and uh, physical activity and, and and that sort of thing and and so as you mentioned earlier when specializing in middle aged men and and I'm 54 I'll be 55 in May um, with men and testosterone and that sort of thing um, I would imagine you know. Us guys, we have quite an ego when it comes to working out, uh, such as, you know, how much we can bench, how many push-ups we can do, and so forth. Um, do you find that some men in their late 40s, early 50s tend to think they can work out in the same way as they did in their 20s and 30s? And if so, how can middle-aged men kind of, I don't want to say humble themselves, but come to the realization that, you know, there is an effective way that we can work out at this age Um even though we're not able to work at the pace or work out at the pace or the strength um, as we did 20 or 30 years ago. Yeah. I mean, gosh, I think, it, you know, if you're get, if you're in your fifties, let's just say, and, and you have no history of working out um, and you're sort of starting from ground zero, I mean, it's never too late, obviously. Um, right. If you have a history of lifting, um, there's no reason why you can't keep it up in your fifties. Um, okay. obviously you, you don't want to be injured. Uh, I wouldn't advise you go to play, go play basketball, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I used to play basketball in my twenties and even in my thirties. And then once I got to like my forties, I was like, ah, you know what? Uh, I don't want to really, the injury risk wasn't worth it. The risk versus the reward wasn't worth it. But, mm -hmm. you know, as far as lifting is concerned, I mean, you can get stronger. You'd be surprised. I mean, yeah, there is, it might take a little bit more effort it might take um, a little bit more time and you might have to recover longer yeah but yeah i think the key is is just aligning whatever you're doing with your goals as to what you want to accomplish and um mm -hmm. but you know i think resistance training is you know if you want to say some type of like anti-aging um 
recipe, I would say it's it's up there. Um, mm-hmm. And most most males and females should be doing some form of resistance training. Gotcha, and and that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and uh, because well, and it's encouraging, you know, for me at least. Um, uh, I, I have a history of working out. I've lifted for years. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not an avid lifter or anything like that, but, you know, I, I do my moderate amount, you know, and I have ever since the 20s. And and just uh, knowing that, you know, it's something that even in my 50s that we can continue doing, mm-hmm. you know, it, it may not be the same amount of weight or the same amount of reps, but it's something that we can continue doing. I think, um, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's very, very encouraging. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's therapeutic for a lot of guys. It's, you know, it, uh, it fulfills them. So, uh, thank you for sharing that, Brian. I really appreciate that. And, um, also want to talk about, uh, how, what are your thoughts on how easy it is or do people, do people get, tend to get caught up in the end result? when it comes to working out, when it comes to losing weight, when it comes to eating cleaner and feeling better, you know, you see a lot of people talk about before and after pictures and you see the difference in people and you're happy for them. And I don't want to take anything away from that, but um, is there a balance in appreciating um, the end result? Okay. And having that destination, but at the same time, not letting it overwhelm you in your weight loss journey or in your journey to better health. Um, I, I would think those who get caught up in that end result uh, a little too much can, can feel like the journey is, um, is um, out of reach maybe. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, it's good to have a goal in mind, mm-hmm. um, but I think that it's, it, it's also easy to get too caught up in what, how other people look and how, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, it's like, I think you have to go on your own journey and decide yes. what, what's going to work best for you and how you can be, cons- like you mentioned earlier, how you can stay consistent in what you're doing. Um, I think that before you even have a goal in mind, you probably should realize, well, where am I at right now? Um, right. And take some type of baseline. Um, I use a lot of times with my clients a, a DEXA scan. Mm-hmm. It gives you body fat percentage, lean mass, bone mm-hmm. mass, among many other measures of visceral mm-hmm. fat, things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this way, it sort of gives you a start line. And then you can tell if what you're doing is working. And, you know, most of the times we can, it's the eye test will help or how fit close fits you is yeah. a big one, right? Right, um, right. And how you're feeling. Those are all great measures, mm-hmm. but it doesn't hurt to have something measurable like doing a DEXA scan or even just doing a caliper test where you can measure somewhat get an estimate of body fat. Um, Mm -hmm. And that way you at least can adjust and know, well, if I'm doing what's right, then for the most part, I should be getting some results from that. If if you're not getting any results, then it's try to, then you got to try to sort of reroute um, and make some changes. Gotcha. Okay. No, yeah, no, I, I, I understand. I understand. Um, had a question for you regarding, I, I think this is like an age old question and you may have been asked this before. Um, and I'm not encouraging any of the listeners to do this. And I, and I know you wouldn't either, but um, when it comes to um, 
weight loss through diet versus weight loss through exercise, um, which one tends to be more effective or, or you know, or, or gives you uh, more effective as far as results? I mean, um, I would, I think it's ideal to do a balance of both. Okay. But if, if it was one or the other, which, which one um, would, would be more effective, you think? Through diet. Through diet. diet. Yeah, yeah. Through, through cleaning up your, you know, what you're eating and mm -hmm. focusing on nut nutrient dense foods and single ingredient foods, mm -hmm. um, you know, instead of boxes and barcodes, right? Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yes, that's, I would say that's number one. Obviously, um, exercise can play a role. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I would say, you know, something like, for example, straight training, the reasons for that are more so building muscle because you're going to lose muscle as you age. So you want to mm -hmm. maintain muscle as much as you can. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And also bone strength, um, mm -hmm. increasing bone mass. Those are the two, I would say. And also the fact that if you, the more muscle you have, the more you can be more efficient in handling the foods that you're eating. Yes. <laughs> you're, yes. Um, you're, it's almost like a glucose sink when you have muscle. Um, mm -hmm. And so, but yes, to answer your question, you know, focusing on, you know, nutrition would be first and foremost. And even before those, if, if, if you're, you know, having crappy sleep or very stressed out, those obviously play a role um, as well. Trust me, that is one area I definitely need to improve in. And, mm -hmm. and I, uh, I, I have, um, I've made that proclamation to myself this year to improve on my sleep, better mm -hmm. sleep, you know, so, uh, yeah, so uh, that's yeah. another good factor. I'm glad you brought that up as well because that has a huge impact. I never knew for years, especially in my younger years, you know, 20s and 30s, the impact of a good night's sleep for the, um, you know, for the next day and so forth. So, um, yeah, that's an incredible insight. So when it when you're working with middle-aged men, Brian, um, is it do you have do you have an which is the more challenging when it comes to uh, getting the um, um, getting your clients uh, to, to 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 move in the right direction towards that healthier lifestyle? Right? Is it the uh, uh, I would imagine with men getting them to the exercise and workout piece may not be as difficult or challenging as it would be the diet part. Um, based on your experience. Um, have you observed that or is it the other way around or is it about the same? Yeah, I hate to say it probably depends on the individual. I could probably give you examples okay. on both ends of the spectrum. I think gotcha. some people who have a little bit of a weight lifting background or exercise background, yeah. it's, you know, we might make tweaks to it, but it's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's not, you know, that it's just, it's more, um, I'm just going to say it's, it's more difficult to get them into the eating part and, 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 you know, so I think it depends on the individual and, and okay. what their history is like. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and, and the reason I'm asking this, uh, Brian, is um, I'm, I'm kind of teeing this up. Okay. Um, I'm thinking a lot of middle-aged men, they're, 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 they kind of make the self-proclamation or, or they may have said to their loved ones or other people that, you know, at this point in their lives, um, they're quote, 
set in their ways, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they are who they are. They are going to eat what they want to eat. They're going to do what they enjoy doing, you know? And, um, and, and, and so uh, what's, what, can you speak to the mental aspect or the mindset, uh, or I guess the psychological aspect of pursuing um, this, this lifestyle um, for, for, for men that maybe have that way of thinking? Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because I had a call this morning with an individual who who wasn't uh, committal. They, mm, they, okay. they didn't want to commit. Mm. And, you know, I think for someone like that, it's important to really dive into, you know, first of all, why do you want to improve your health? Not just, yes. oh, I want to lose weight. Well, why do you want to lose weight? And sort of digging deep you know it's like finding your why you always hear that but it's it really is important for someone that's non-committal and um and then also you know looking at the other spectrum is what if you didn't do anything what if if you didn't you know not necessarily even hire myself to help you or or you know it's not going to get any easier you know and you're in your 60s i think or whatever it is, 50s, 40s, 50s, 60s, every year that passes, it's that, that much more difficult to get results. So yeah. time is of the essence. You're not 25 years old. You can't make mistakes and think, things and, and then um, give yourself all this time. You know, you want, that's why I think it's most important for individuals to work with someone because you don't have that, that you know, that time that you did when you were in your 20s. Right. Um, so I think for one, if you're non-committal, you got to create some urgency. And the last urgency you want is is some type of thing where you go to the doctor and you should, you know you fail a stress test or whatever it is. Right, right. Um, you got to create some type of urgency in your mind and then really hone in on your why. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree. Hone in on that why. I mean, there's got to be a root cause, right? What is the root cause behind you making this decision? And, um, and, and, and that, that kind of brings me to, uh, the next question I wanted to run by you, Brian is, um, um, I don't know. I kind of think in my mind, at least exercise and working out and eating right is like a chicken or the egg type thing, which comes first. Right. I mean, because, and, and here's what I mean, if, um, you know, just, just bear with me here. Here's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, some say you got to have like uh, a positive mindset, an open mind, you know, um, to, 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 to jump into this type of lifestyle, to, to make the choices to eat better, to be cleaner and so forth. Right. Um, and uh, other people say, well, no, um, I had, you know, a major event happened where I had to do this. Uh, and, and, you know, as you mentioned before, um, at any rate, you know, if someone makes the decision to, do it. And as they're doing it, they're getting more sleep. They're eating cleaner. They're working out on a regular basis. They're intermittent fasting, you know, um, they're meditating. All these things combined, you know, over time, they start to feel more energy. They start to feel um, more uplifted. They feel positive. They have, uh, they're in a better mood. The way they interact with people is just, uh, um, it's very enhanced. And and maybe their very senses become more enhanced, you know. 
um, through doing this uh, consistently. Over time, these things start to develop. Um, and, and, and that right there is a motivating factor to, you know, exercise and diet. Um, but it's the struggle to get there, right? <laughs> so someone who may not have that positive outlook or open mind, um, maybe the non-committal, um, may struggle with getting started, um, you know, but if they know that this is on the other side, you know, hopefully that can spark something and hopefully that can be part of that why that you mentioned earlier for those who are non-committal. Well, yeah, like you mentioned, I think the key is getting small wins early on. And yeah. part of that is finding out what are those major culprits, those low-hanging fruits that will allow you to get those small wins and impact your health in a positive manner. Um, and it, can, it depends on the person and, and what mm -hmm. their history is like. Like, mm -hmm. for Aubrey, for you, maybe that's we're focusing on sleep. Um, for someone else, it might be focusing on, you know, the quality of their foods. Uh, mm -hmm. But whatever it is, it's got to... It should be those major culprits that are causing the issue and, and get some wins early on so you create some momentum. Nice, nice. Brian, can you share for the listeners just um, um, an overarching um, high-level definition of intermittent fasting and um, just some benefits that intermittent fasting can, can give us? Yeah, so, I mean, high-level, obviously, it, Fasting is abstaining from food for a certain period of time, right? Um, and there's many different forms of fasting. It could be depending on sort of the time that you're doing it, right? You got like, mm -hmm. you also have alternate day fasting. You got mm -hmm. um, time-restricted feeding, which is would, would be with the, within like day. Typically, early time-restricted feeding is when you're eating, when it's light out pretty much. Um, okay. But the most common time allocation methods are 16 and 8 where you're in a fasted state for 16 hours and you have an eight hour eating window. Um, could be 18, six, could be 20 hours, four hours of eating. Um, so high level. Yeah. It's just abstaining from, from calories for a certain period of time. And I think first and foremost with fasting, it should be something that if you've never done it, you know, easing yourself into it and understanding that it's a tool, um, it's a but it's also a stressor to your, it can be a stressor to individuals. So mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you're not um, overdoing it, especially early on. Right. Um, and uh, but either way, it's a tool and it's a way to. Uh, one of the biggest thing I like about it is for one, it's a way to organize your day <clears throat> and create some boundaries, right? Like if if one of those boundaries is cutting off your eating time three hours before bed. So let's just say that's seven o'clock. You know, that's going to cause a cascade of events that are going to be positive for you, right? You're not going to be eating too close to bed. And a lot of times what you're eating between 7 and 10 o'clock is probably not the healthiest thing in the world. So you're cutting out some junk, you know, mm -hmm. and that could be just a simple way to start, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think that could go a long way. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's a tool. It's something that I think if you've never done, it's, it's worth exploring. Um, and, yeah, and then just sort of, feel out what works best for you. Gotcha. And and I can speak firsthand that it is definitely worth exploring, you know, at least uh um I don't know the 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 microcosm small version of 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 uh, intermittent fasting that I'm doing, no eating after 8 p.m. 
and no breakfast before 9 a.m. So, um, which is what I'm doing. But I tell you what, man, you brought up another great point when it comes to the last three hours before we go to bed. Most likely, whatever we're eating or snacking on isn't like the best for you. <laughs> and 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 so, you know, even though I still need to work on my getting more sleep, I can say that, you know, since starting intermittent fasting, I feel better when I wake up, even with the amount of sleep I'm getting now, because I didn't have that junk three hours before going to bed the night before, if that makes sense. No doubt about it. Yeah. 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 So now the next step for me is to get more sleep, right? <laughs> right. And that could be, you know, you could look at a lot of things that could be creating mm -hmm. some type of sleep routine, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> finding ways to wind down. Yes. Um, you know, but sleep is yeah something um something that definitely you know and one thing that might even help is is going for a walk in the morning yes. getting getting that exposure if you have some sun i'm in chicago we have had a lot of sun here <laughs> but uh -huh. even if the sun's not out going for a walk if you have dogs which i don't know you mentioned you had a dog with you. i do yeah <laughs> so that can help with sleep quality and exercise can help with sleep quality as well yes for sure. Yeah. And my wife, she jokes around about this, but I think there's there's a there's a hint of seriousness in this when she says that, uh, you know, now that you're intermittent fasting and, you know, you don't eat after 8 p.m., um, you know, maybe that can encourage you to come to bed earlier, you know, uh, because it's like, all right, I'm watching TV or I'm, you know, editing an episode or something. Uh, let me just have some chips to snack on while I do this editing, right? Sure. Um, yeah. And so it's like, okay, well, if it's a night that I don't have any editing to do and it's pretty much an open night, then uh, it's after eight, and then hmm, can't eat. And, can't and you know, if you, if you need to do some editing, if that's the only time you do it, you know, mm -hmm. you can get like some blue blue light blocking glasses, which which will help um, take a majority of the blue light out of your eyes and you know, because when you're seeing blue light late at night, your body, it suppresses melatonin. So um, I sometimes wear, I actually should have them on now, but it's, but it's not too late here. But um, yeah, I usually have these, these I wear during the day. These are more daytime ones, but the orange tint um, are more uh, geared towards nighttime. Oh, nice. Oh, that's a great tip. Thank you, Brian. Um, yeah, the, the, the blue blocking um, glasses, yeah, right? Blue, blue, blue light. Yeah, blue light. Okay. Can, yeah, there's a, quite a few brands now. There's, okay. There's no, that's great. And in uh, that way, um, that way, my melatonin isn't like suppressed to where I can easily go to sleep after I finish. I, I, I think it will help you. I really do. Okay. I think it, yeah, okay. I think it will help. You. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Man, that's great. So, um, want to talk about middle-aged men myself you know included um obviously at this point in our lives our metabolism and and maybe this is maybe this is an old wives tale i don't know but um i heard that i heard for middle-aged men under 60 the metabolism really isn't that far off from someone who's in their 30s or 40s but when you hit 60 that's when you kind of see a decline um is, is is that the case or is it a steady decline even before 60. regarding metabolism yes it's <clears throat> a good question you know one of the things that can dictate um 
not only metabolism but testosterone is is muscle mass and right muscle mass strength and function which is turned loss of it is turns is the term is sarcopenia mm -hmm. and muscle mass decreases i'd say it's approximately between three and eight percent per decade after the age of 30. oh wow okay and the rate of decline is even higher after the age of 60. Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. you know this involuntary loss of muscle strength function um you know is a contributor to a lot of people as they get older and could in increase risk of falls and things like this and vulnerability to injury um, so that, that does, that can play a, a role in metabolism. Um, but, you know, I think if you are a active individual in your sixties, I mean, yes, your metabolism, I'm, I would assume, I, I don't have a hundred percent evidence to show you right this second, but I would assume your metabolism will slow a bit. Okay. Um, okay. so, but again, if you do the right things and you're living the right lifestyle, one of them, AKA, you know, lifting weights. It, you can definitely help slow that rate of loss of muscle mass, which plays a huge role in, in metabolic rate. Oh man, I'm gonna hit the weights even harder now, <laughs> thanks to you, because I, I don't I don't want brittle bones, um, and and I, I'm gonna naturally lose muscle mass, but if it can kind of I don't know, kind of mitigate it or slow it down, I am all for that <laughs> um, before I turn sixty for sure. Um, what are micro workouts, Brian? Yeah, so micro workouts, um, I sort of came across micro workouts during COVID um, because I stopped going to the studio and my workouts turned into, I actually had an individual on my podcast, Dr. John Jaquish. He, he designed what's called the X3 bar. And it, it's, it's a, how should I say, it's variable resistance, it's resistance okay. training. Micro workouts are just short workouts, right? Short yeah. 20, 30 minute workouts. Mm -hmm. um, and I started doing those with the X3 bar during COVID and found that I was maintaining, if not gaining muscle during doing these workouts. Mm, and nice. also found that with clients, um, um, they were more apt to doing them, right? I mean, if something's going to take you 20 minutes, yeah. um, as opposed to an hour or an hour and a half in and out of a gym, you're more apt to getting it done and, and you won't make as many excuses. So I'm a big fan of that. I think that less is more sometimes and you don't need to be in there unless like you're training for some type of competition, which 99% <laughs> right. of the people probably listening are not. Mm -hmm. um, I think you can get an efficient workout at home or even at the gym for 20, 30 minutes. And I've been utilizing the X3 um, for probably 70, 80% of my workouts and, and others more traditional lifting, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's something that I think if you've n never done it, it's worth trying. And, and there's, there is science behind the fact that let's say you're doing one leg workout a week, mm -hmm. um, increasing that to two times a week can make profound effects on building muscle as opposed to just doing it once. And let's just say you're being sore for three or four days and then not right, doing right. it till the next week, right. you're better off doing a maybe a shorter workout and more volume throughout the week and do it twice a week as mm. opposed to doing it just one week. I see. I see. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the X3. Uh, is, is that like a circuit device or? You know what it is? It's a resistance bands system. Bands. Gotcha. So there's like 
think there's like five or six bands depending okay. on on how um, depending on the thickness and how you yeah. know how much uh, strength you have you use those bands mm-hmm. and there's a ground plate that you stand on um, okay. if you go if you do go to my instagram page uh you can see me doing it okay um and um and and there's a there's a little olympic bar not little it's probably like a foot and a half two feet okay. um, and so you sort of you can do you can hit most mostly all your body parts with it um, that's cool and it's pretty effective um, so Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And, and the reason why I'm asking is, you know, with my lifestyle um, at my age, you know, I, I, I don't see much value in being a member of a um, of of a, of a fitness club. You know, mm-hmm. um, my day job um, in the office, which I'm only in the office one day a week. I work from home mostly, but you know, in in my office, I you know we have we have a gym. And, you know, there's no charge. So when I'm in the office, I can go there. But most times when I'm working from home, again, my day job, um, my office in which I'm in here right now, um, it's it's my work office slash home office slash closet slash studio slash uh workout area right i mean i I don't have the bands um or or any type of circuit devices but i do have a mat and dumbbells and a jump rope and so um you know that's i i i've i've created a routine or a regimen and so forth but yeah um, and and looking into something like that that mm -hmm. system that you know the x3 might be something you know you you might want to look into and um yeah you know, as, as a way to sort of just add on to what you're doing or replace yeah. it from time to time. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I think I may, I may uh, take a look at the X3 and, and see, you know, um, explore it a little bit. Yeah. So Brian, having a healthier lifestyle with fasting, diet, dieting, working out, um, you know, and walking, um, has been proven over and over again to increase happiness, confidence, self-esteem, better moods, et cetera. Right. We talked about that. Um, do you believe that, uh, this also trickles into improvements into the other aspects of our lives, relationships, professional, um, environment, um, other aspects of our lives? I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think they're all tied and I think, you know, if you're improving, you know, your body composition, not even just your body composition, but if you're just feeling more confident in your clothes, yeah, I think this could lead to better performance at work, um, more confidence in, in, in meetings, um, giving you more energy throughout the day to be more proficient and, and um, efficient at what you do. So, oh, yeah, I mean, I think it all, it all, it all is tied together. Very nice. Uh, yeah, I tend to agree. And, you know, my 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 workout routines have been up down up down i i I hate to keep using myself as an example but um the times when i have been up you know where i've been very consistent i've been improving in my routines adding weights adding reps um and 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 feeling you know the 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 impact in all parts of my body i also feel it in my spirit my mood my mental state uh my mindset and that affects how I interact with people outside of working out, right? And uh, and so I've, um, I've 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 felt those differences and those changes, you know. And so, um, yeah, I I definitely agree that it handles or that it can 
it can uh, improve other aspects of our lives too. So Brian, um, how can the listeners follow you, uh, learn more about the work that you're doing and uh, subscribe to your podcast? Uh, yeah, so I'm at uh, BrianGrin.com. Okay. Uh, that, that's where I keep most of my uh, my content. Um, Instagram, BDGrin, um, you, it's all linked on in the <clears throat> on my website. And okay. then, um, yeah, no, as far as learning about what I'm doing, it's all there. And the podcast is Get Lean, Eat Clean. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's, you know, easily – um, found on any listening platform pretty much. Um, okay. So, yeah. Fantastic. You heard it here, listeners. You heard it first from Brian Grin. Get lean, eat clean. Subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> I know it sounds cliche, but it's 2023. Okay. Whatever we're doing that's perpetuating sluggishness, perpetuating uh, lack of energy, uh, Now's the time to turn it around because it's not going to get any better, as we said earlier. So we're going to make sure and have all the information and how you can uh, get a hold of uh, of Brian and follow him and learn about the podcast and subscribe to the podcast. We'll have all those links in the episode show notes. Brian, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I really, really uh, appreciate you coming on, sharing your insights, sir. Aubrey, yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening. And look, if you have a loved one, a neighbor, a friend, a colleague who seems to be not themselves, right? Uh, maybe looking or feeling down and out, going through dark days of despair, not quite sure where to turn or who to turn to. I humbly ask that you please share this show with them because on the road to rediscovery, we want our listeners to know two things. Number one, you're not alone. And two, there's always hope. The Roads Rediscovery, it's a movement, a revolution. And guess what? You are now part of it. We're all roadies on this journey of life, and it sure feels good having you on the road with me. Thanks again for listening. We'll chat again soon. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of The Roads Rediscovery. We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email at roadsrediscoverypodcast at gmail.com and leave us any questions or comments you may have. The Roads Rediscovery is an AJ Shark production.